Joe Scarborough totally humiliates himself when he blows the dust off of his Bible to preach a sermon to his audience about abortion and how Jesus never would have had a problem with it. Much like Pastor Pete Buttigieg, we'll see that uh, when leftists try to preach, they are way out of their depth. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Don't forget that today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Anchor. That's A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z. And they are your one-stop shop for all of your business solution needs. I can only imagine that when you first felt like you wanted to start a business, it wasn't so that you could take out a spare room in your house and collect receipts in that room or so that you could be busy trying to figure out how much taxes to take out of payroll. That's all stuff that Anchor can help you with and so much more. If you need help just figuring out what the growth curves are and taking your business to the next level, they can help you with business solutions. They can help you with payroll. They can help you with accounting and they can help you with so much more. So if you want to take your productivity to the next level, you need to go visit our friends over at Anchor. And if you act now, they're running a special on payroll. Just let them know when you go over to ancur.biz that Indie Thinker sent you. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching the show today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. If you've been following the show for any length, you know that we like to combine faith and reason in a way that helps you figure out how to navigate the polarization of our time, the insanity of our time, and so much more. Uh, I believe that the, the lifeline out of the echo chamber that exists so much on social media and certainly in the legacy media is the combination of faith and reason that will fly in the face of the secularism of our age. And we'll start to see why that's a little bit of an issue in the stories we want to face today. But perhaps the greatest recent reminder of secularism and the damage it can do is some of the responses that we got to the death of Queen Elizabeth. Before we get to those responses, I just want to show a quick clip that will kind of paint the picture for the kind of leader that Queen Elizabeth was so that we might have a little bit of context for understanding her role in history. So here's that. Because of these changes, I'm not surprised that many people feel lost and unable to decide what to hold on to and what to discard, how to take advantage of the new life without losing the best of the old. But it's not the new inventions which are the difficulty. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machinery they would have religion thrown aside, morality in personal and public life made meaningless, honesty counted as foolishness, and self-interest set up in place of self-restraint. At this critical moment in our history, we will certainly lose the trust and respect of the world if we just abandon those fundamental principles which guided the men and women who built the greatness of this country and Commonwealth. Now, if you're anything like me, and God bless you if you are, um, you're lamenting the death of real leadership and not just the death of Queen Elizabeth, because there is something in the wisdom of this woman that surely seems lacking in our present modern leadership. But 
there's also a sense in which I think if you're awfully cynical, you could look at it and say, well, it's convenient for somebody who has a traditionalist role like the queen to praise wisdom of the past and things from the past. That's very self-serving for her to do that. But if you're willing to push your bias to the side for just a moment to take her words and consider them at least a little thoughtfully, I think you come away thinking that there is truth and importance in the things that she says right there. However, it didn't stop Twitter from reacting to the death of the queen with things like this from Jamel Hill. Journalists are tasked with putting legacies into full context, so it is entirely appropriate to examine the queen and her role in the devastating impact of continued colonialism. Now, if Jamel Hill is actually able to come up with a real journalist uh, to give us the legacy of Queen Elizabeth, I'm all ears, but outside of that, then we're just left with Jamel Hill's hot take on the legacy of Queen Elizabeth and and those on Twitter. And I would not hold my breath waiting for a authoritative interpretation of her life. And that brings me to this, this idea that's firmly rooted within the context of kind of Christianity, but this is for everybody out there, whether you're Christian or not. And the idea is this, is, is that there's two ways to interpret the Bible, one deeply wrong, one incredibly right. The right way is exegesis. Exegesis means that you draw the understanding of a certain text from uh, from the text itself, from its historical context, and from the internal evidence that you have in the Bible, uh, specifically in that passage that you're looking at, you draw the interpretation from that so that you don't have a myriad of interpretations that are all subjective in nature and don't have anything to do with the actual text itself. Now, the wrong way to interpret the Bible is with something called eisegesis. Eisegesis is where you take an idea and you impose it upon a passage of scripture. And then you try to shove that idea in every nook and cranny that you possibly can to make that passage of scripture about basically whatever you want it to be. And the reason I bring that up is that this is largely where we are as a society today. We cannot truly understand where authoritative interpretations come from. Therefore, we're, we're left very often pointing at each other across the aisle and throwing accusations of hypocrisy. Now, this is on full display in a recent clip from Joe Scarborough, who gives us his worst version of eisegesis on the subject of abortion. So, of course, Joe Scarborough is the host of Morning Joe. And um, so here is the treatise for the ages on abortion and how if Jesus were alive today, he would definitely be pro-choice. The Southern Baptist that wow. grew up reading the Bible, maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion, never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. Go, if you don't believe me, if that makes you angry, why don't you do something you haven't done in a long time? Open the Bible, open the New Testament, read the red letters. You won't see it there. And yet there are people who are using Jesus as a shield to make 10-year-old rape girls go through a living and breathing hell here on earth. They've also conveniently overlooked the parts of the New Testament where Jesus talks about taking care of the needy, taking care of those who are helpless, who live a hopeless life, because they believe these state legislators believe that life begins at fertilization and ends at childbirth. And Caddy, 
What a powerful message yesterday. Oh, boy. Where to begin on that one? Um, so uh, I guess I just want to say this. The claim of heresy uh, to, to fixate on one issue. Now, you know, I, I'm not the greatest Bible scholar on the planet, but um, I think the issue of murder is actually a pretty good one to kind of, you know, like emphasize, especially if you're going to call yourself a moral Christian. I mean, I guess if murder isn't the issue that you need to emphasize, I'm not really quite sure that there are any other imperatives that we need to talk about at this point in time because your religion is total nonsense. Okay, so so yeah, so the murder of an innocent baby is something that we actually should emphasize. Uh, surprise, surprise. But but let's let's dig into the substance of the argument, right? Because we were just treated to straw man galore, so I want to try to steel man his argument as much as possible. And so um, uh, he says abortion was happening in Jesus's time, but Jesus didn't talk about it. Now, I've heard this very often. There's no explicit uh, condemnation of fill-in-the-blank sin, therefore I can do it, which of course is the worst way to read the Bible ever. I'm trying to excuse something that I'm doing, therefore I'm going to just try to make sure that I can figure out how to get away with it. Now, um, but but let's look at the claim itself. Abortion was happening in, in Jesus's time. So that's the first part of the claim. So was abortion happening in Jesus's time? So were people terminating pregnancies in the womb? Uh, the answer to that question is by and large no, but in some limited capacity, yes. Please don't get the mistaken impression that there were abortion clinics in every major city in America like Planned Parenthood, especially in marginalized communities targeting uh, poor black uh, women and, um, and, 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 and other poor black minorities um, in the inner city. Um, so, so, so no, uh, abortion was not widespread and therefore was not a huge issue. But the other idea that needs to be teased out here is just the idea that, well, Jesus didn't explicitly mention abortion. Well, the reason Jesus didn't explicitly mention abortion is because there are some things in the Bible that were assumed to be so ridiculously evil that Jesus needn't mention them because you couldn't consider yourself a Christian and actually contemplate these things. So um, the thing that comes to mind is this. Transgenderism supposedly was back around in the Bible times because it's been around forever. And the only reason for the rise and the increase of people who identify as, uh, as transgender is not the rise in gender dysphoria and not the rise of mass psychosis, especially in young people groups, uh, especially young young girls. Um, but, but, the, but it's just that now it's accepted socially, so now people can be honest about their feelings. But transgenderism has been around forever. You guys have heard this line of line of argument. But Jesus never talked about mutilating your body and full plastic, plastic sur full body plastic surgery. He never mentioned explicitly that you cannot cut off your breasts or that you cannot cut off your penis. Now, the reason he never did that is not because Jesus is cool with it, but simply because Jesus didn't think he needed to have to mention something so obvious. And that's the point. But of course, we can go a little bit further than that and just say this, that of course, Jesus's understanding of the importance and the sanctity of life is on full display in the Bible. So Joe Scarborough is not just technically wrong, he is absolutely and totally wrong. Uh, we hear Jesus say, you know, audacious things about, um, uh, about children. In fact, he said this, if you harm just one little child, 
that it's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and, and then to be thrown into the ocean. In other words, it would be better for you to go ahead right now and kill yourself than to face the judgment of God for impacting and affecting the life of a small child. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like pretty drastic language. And of course, the leftists would come quickly to... Uh, to chime in and say there, well, this is talking about a little child. It's not talking about a fetus. Well, again, we have an anachronism here, something that didn't happen in Jesus's time, because there was no such thing as the determination of, so of a baby in the womb as a fetus and the baby outside the womb as now a real human being. That is something that is totally modern in its fabrication and totally leftist in its fabrication. So there was no distinction, quite frankly, between those two. There was no magic vaginal canal that, that conferred personhood upon a baby when they sprang into life all of a sudden, when they came into, into, um, into the world. Of course, it is assumed and presumed that a life in the womb is a life that deserves to be protected and shouldn't be murdered. And this is why Joe Scarborough is utterly wrong about his contention that there is nothing in the Bible explicitly um, condemning uh, the, the, the act of abortion. Now, I want to step back, too, and just make sure to mention that there are plenty of things that Jesus didn't explicitly mention, plenty of devious acts that Jesus didn't explicitly mention that, of course, we are not to presume then that Jesus just didn't have an opinion about those things and didn't care about them. But I also want to just finally look at this contention that Scarborough brings up about like, hey, what about uh, uh, those who are widows and what about the poor and, and all of these things? You know, aren't we supposed to be focusing on that? Well, actually, I'm glad you brought it up because um, you can look at almost any study under the sun and see that conservatives are deeply more committed to helping with their time and with their money in charitable causes than those on the left. In fact, according to one study by the National Library of Medicine, our meta-analysis results suggest that political conservatives are significantly more charitable than liberals at an overall level. But the relationship between political ideology and charitable giving varies under different scenarios. Furthermore, the meta-regression results indicate that the measure of charitable giving, the type of charitable giving, and the controlling for religiosity can account for the variation in effect sizes. So in other words, because conservatives are largely religious, the, the religious portion of conservatism makes up for a lion's share of the giving among the conservative movement. And you can see that in other statistics that say things like this. According to the Action Institute, Two-thirds of people who worship at least twice a month give to secular causes compared to less than half of non-attenders, and the average secular gift by a church attender is 20% bigger. Members of U.S. churches and synagogues send four and a half times as much more money overseas to needy people every year as the Gates Foundation does. And U.S. voluntary giving to the overseas poor now totals $44 billion annually, far more than the $33 billion of official aid distributed by the U.S. government. So in other words, Christian churches and Christian people are giving more money to poor people overseas to help them with their daily needs than the U.S. government is in total. So, so much for Christians only being concerned with neocolonialism. Now, the reason I bring any of this up is just to simply state this. We all believe in something, and that belief fuels our actions. Christians say it this way. Everybody's worshiping something. 
You may not be a Christian. You may not even believe in God, but everybody's worshiping something. I'll put it a different way. Everybody has theology. Every ha everybody has a belief in God, even if you are an atheist. So your atheistic belief in God may be that there is not a God, and then you'd have to ask yourself, who takes the place of God in that scenario? It's a different show for a different day. But the reality is, is everybody has theology, which fuels your belief, and then which fuels your actions. But this is where I take my eyes off the broader community of the people that I'm reaching on YouTube and the people that I'm reaching wherever this podcast is heard. Um, and, and, and I have to now harp upon my own community, the group of Christian conservatives that I call my brothers and my sisters, and say this. For the longest time, we have tried to steer away from doctrine and steer away from theology as though it didn't matter, as though it were anathema, as though it were something evil. And in its place, we said, uh, just teach us how to be good stewards of our finances. Teach us how to be good parents. Or, or, you know, we just need relevant and practical information. Forget all of that theology and doctrine stuff. And to that, I just have to say, Linda, listen, listen, Linda, Linda, listen. We need theology. Because in the absence of the church standing up and giving authoritative theology, we have people like Joe Scarborough doing it for us and preaching sermons that absolutely have nothing to do with the Bible. And I can't help but wonder if it isn't in part because we have sat back on our responsibility to declare biblical authoritative answers to some of today's biggest questions. And I'm talking about this. In the absence of Roe v. Wade, I heard pastor after pastor give us their listening tour that they were going on. Oh, we're listening to all of you who are hurting over this decision right now. And then if you were lucky, you got the pastor who said, we're starting our listening tour, but we want you to know we are pro-life, but we hear your pain. We hear your wounds. And, and instead of doing that, what we should have done is this, is we should have gotten a pastor with a heart and a backbone to stand up and say, here is the biblical reasons from the words of Jesus himself for why we are pro-life, why we cannot stand for abortion. And I can't help but wonder if our biggest pulpits in America and our biggest pastors in America stood up and actually preached theological concepts from the scripture, if it wouldn't impact people like Joe Scarborough, so they wouldn't be able to say, well, this is what the Bible actually says. Now, of course, it wouldn't stop them from trying but at least they'd look a little bit more silly in the process of doing so. And in the absence of us doing it, I can't help but wonder if there is a little bit of blame to go around. But I know this, theology matters and everybody has it. So we have a responsibility to figure out what that looks like and to make sure that it's at least good theology. All right, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe and go with God. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.